0: Welcome back to Art Matters, I'm Farron Gibson. This series is produced by Art UK, the online home of the UK's public art collections. This is a very visual podcast series and I want to remind you that we always post stories with imagery on our website to accompany the podcast. Please head over to ArtUK.org, where you can explore art from collections across the UK and find images from this and past episodes. You should also follow us on social media at ArtUK.org, spelling out the word dot. We're sharing art all day, every day, and we'd love to socialize with you. What is Black Girl Magic? Maybe you've heard the term or seen the hashtag in use. It's a phrase first coined in 2013 on Twitter by Kashawn Thompson, and it's since taken on a life of its own, with celebrities and even Barack Obama using it. It's a celebration of Black women's spirit and achievements, and now it's the subject of a short course being taught at Tate Britain in London.
1: For me, it really is a way to celebrate the achievements of Black women, in everyday achievements, just from getting up and going out to looking good, to that, the kind of really historical achievements of being the first Black woman to do X, Y, and Z, to just being a Black woman and being present in your fully day lives. That's what Black Girl Magic
0: means to me. That's B. Tajadeen, founder of Black Blossoms, curator and creator of Tate's Black Girl Magic course.
1: Obviously, the term itself has caused some contention because some people believe it's sort of putting this mythical sort of magical thing on Black women, but we're human first and foremost. But I believe that, but I also believe in constantly celebrating our achievements in a sort of Western society
0: that is bounded in patriarchy. The criticism of the phrase is important to note because some Black women have highlighted that it could reinforce the stereotypes of the strong Black woman and its negative connotation and could also have a dehumanizing effect. This interpretation made me think of another term coined by the director Spike Lee called The Magical Negro, a character trope in which a black figure with some form of supernatural gift functions in a supporting role to aid a white protagonist. Examples of this have been pointed out across film and literature, including The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, The Shining, Ghost, The Green Mile, and others. In the case of black girl magic, the phrase has been overwhelmingly lifted up as a way of celebrating black women and all of their achievements. It differs in spirit from The Magical Negro in that it's an idea born of a black woman and used joyously by many black women and men. In an era of the Me Too movement, feminism, and women joining together to share our histories, I asked B to talk about why she feels it's important to specifically champion black women's voices.
1: My first encounters with feminism were very white. Um, it, was very, it was looking at the um, sort of issues white women were facing, not, not necessarily looking at the intersectionalities of different forms of womanhood that existed or exist. So when you start to look at black women separately, you start to see the differences. You start to see similarities and differences in their experiences. And black women in this society, if you live in the West, um, you know, you face racism, you face sexism. So there's this sort of double, triple sort of, as some will call it, um, jeopardy. If we want to uplift black women, we've got to take this into account. We can't just say, okay, sexism affects all women, but how, what happens when sexism and racism collide? What what does that, what, those, what do those experiences then bring black women? And um, that's why I think it's important that phrases like black girl magic exist because it sort of ma- it sort of gives the sight understanding okay they're black women they're black girls and um this is how they want to uplift each other and then also it gets people to start thinking why do they need to separate themselves from the um sort of all women conversation because the experiences we face are vastly different
0: one of the ways B helps to amplify Black women's voices in art is through her Black Blossoms project, which holds exhibitions and events centering Black women. I
1: started in 2015, whilst I was at uni, and it was just really a way to like bring Black women together, because I felt like I was in art school. I went to University of the Arts London, and I was in art school, and there, we were there, but we wasn't there. It was like we were very invisible we never really got a chance to come together collaborate and work on projects together because of course the university is very course based or very school based so there was there wasn't really areas of collaboration unless you really sort them out for yourselves and that's what I wanted to do so um I put on conferences etc and then I decided that I would like to do an exhibition and the university put a call out And then I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is such a brilliant way through art to start to tell people about the experiences that black women face and the the problems we come against in society without the emotional labour attached to it. So sometimes I feel like on Twitter or even in conversations, you can get sort of like cornered into like a racial conversation around race and sexism. Mm-hmm. And it can be quite exhausting. Mm-hmm. And um, I really put myself first. Like, I don't like feeling exhausted because otherwise I can't be creative. Once I'm exhausted, that is it. Like And it probably takes a good couple of days to come over the emotional and mental exhaustion conversations around race and sexism brings up for me personally. Yeah. So I just felt like the art was the best way to give this because people come, they take what they want and they take what they don't and they leave. And if the exhibition helps them to give them a deeper understanding of experiences that the black community faces, then it does. And if it doesn't, maybe the next exhibition will or maybe something will happen a year or two years down the line and it triggers something they saw in the exhibition, and then they start to connect the dots with
0: themselves. One of the women Bees worked with through Black Blossoms is Rosa Udo, an artist who uses representations of Blackness and popular culture as a way of attaining higher self-esteem. Rosa told me that decolonization is one of the core themes of her work, and I asked if she could tell me more about what that means.
2: Uh, For me, it means it's a process of working through influences that have been in my life, uh, particularly as a black woman. For example, I th- do a lot of work looking back to childhood role models, uh, which are so figures like the Williams sisters, the tennis players, or uh, Poirot, who is an Agatha Christie detective, or various singers and athletes generally people that we're used to seeing black excellence reflected in and my process of one is one of engaging with that kind of love and fandom that i have for these characters and then kind of analyzing it and deconstructing it and thinking about why it is that i look up to those people but also what are the mechanics behind positioning those people as role models.
0: If you've been listening to this series for a while, you know we love a good art and pop culture mashup. So I was interested to hear more about what kinds of references Rosa has used in the past and how they convey the themes she likes to explore.
2: When I started making art, it was always about trying to reach a better level of self-esteem for myself. So for me, look it was kind of natural to reflect kind of autobiographically and i I guess maybe just to give you an example would be with my work on the williams sisters which is now kind of a series um the first piece that i did is kind of uh looking at a hairstyle that venus williams wore in 1997 i think it is off the top of my head and it's one of these amazing beaded hairstyles and it's in the colours of Wimbledon, purple, white and green. And I made this massive bead curtain out of this hairstyle, which was then... That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, So it's like, that is like a moment. I remember seeing that as a child, like that hairstyle. And what I'm interested in is really just like, re-engaging with that kind of love and like irrational kind of desire to be the Williams sisters or to you know to be like them uh, and working it through now as an adult and in some way like now I'm now I'm an artist I have like the capacity to really creatively engage with more agency now I can kind of really get stuck in like I can order like thousands of beads off the internet and weave them all together and think about how I can manipulate the narrative that was handed down to me. But now as an artist, I can kind of creatively manipulate that and change it or exaggerate it or question it.
0: In the course of my conversation with B, we touched on Black women and feminism in art, but she made a point to highlight some important nuances.
1: It's really interesting. So the past couple of weeks, And the deeper and deeper I go into the research, I've realised that, okay, there is a need to separate. There's Black women artists and there's Black women artists working on Black feminist art. And I think it's really important to separate the two because Black feminist art should be defined in its own category and Black women artists should also be a movement of its own as well. But it doesn't necessarily mean those Black women artists should bear the responsibility of making black feminist art Mm. if that makes sense so um the course itself is looking at it's going to be looking from the genesis of black feminist art to black women working in the arts sort of how they're curating sort of how they're critiquing the art world And how um, the last session will be definitely looking at like the age of black girl magic, the internet age and what that means, like what cyber feminism and how cyber feminism and black feminism collide to create what we have right now, which is this sort of unity of black women in online spaces, pushing each other, um, highlighting each other's work and really like trying to change the narrative and sort of going around these big institutions to create their own sort of new institutions that are more intersectional.
0: Many of you may be familiar with Lubaina Hamid, who won the prestigious Turner Prize in 2017. She was part of the UK's Black art movement in the 1980s and was appointed an MBE for services to Black women's art in 2010. You may also have heard about Anthea Hamilton's recent installation at Tate Britain called The Squash a fantastic performance piece examining the way we respond to imagery. I asked B to highlight some other Black women artists who can be found in public collections.
1: Sonia Boyce, Barbara Walker, Claudette Johnson, who is one of my favourite Black women artists from the 80s. Her work is magical, it's divine, it's large scale, it's bold, it's beautiful, it's Black. (laughs) There is Lynette Yakomi Her work is very magical actually and she tries to remove like time and space, you know, the, the, the images themselves, like the the people in the her paintings are unknown to her. She just makes up the faces. She's never seen them before. Um and I think that's a very special way to draw and paint. Zanel Mahooli. She, her works in is in the Walker Gallery in Liverpool. Um, she is a South African artist who works around race and gender and sexuality. And her work is bold. Like her photography is so good. So good. And she recently had an exhibition at Autograph London. And I just love how she combines her experiences of growing up in, um, in South Africa and looking at race from that lens from a lens of African womanhood and also sexuality because she is a queer woman.
0: The great thing about conversations like this is that Black art isn't only for Black audiences. We can all take something away from listening to each other.
1: If you are viewing that sort of artwork, I think it is only beneficial because it boosts your knowledge of what other people go through it gives you a, a world a wider world view because it gives you a deeper understanding of all the different sort of identities that are present in the world so it's definitely beneficial when I look at artwork from white women it gives me a deeper understanding of the things that they face and sort in sort of their sort of feminism
0: since B is a curator and critic working in this space, I was curious to know what she'd like to see happen next for black women artists.
1: I really hope in the next couple of years, although I do think there are like some sort of phrases or terms around what black feminist art is or Afrofem art, I'd really, really like to see that conversation move forward. So it's like a definite sort of um term in the canon of art history like black feminist art is x y and z very simple everybody knows it the same we have feminist art the same we have black art i'd really like to see the same done with black feminist art
0: She's course on Art in the Age of Black Girl Magic at Tate Britain is sold out, but you can keep up with her work by following her on Twitter at Black Blossoms. There's an extra S on the end of Blossoms there. If you enjoyed this episode, you may also like a recent episode I did featuring Bee discussing art in Beyonce and Jay-Z's Shit video. One last thing I should mention, have you ever admired our Art Matters logo? It's actually a painting by Bob and Roberta Smith. If you love the painting or just love the series, we have all kinds of Art Matters goodies over on the Art UK shop, so please be sure to go check that out at artuk.org shop. As ever, I appreciate you tuning in on this episode and hope that you'll join me next time.